Okay, all perfect, sinless people in the congregation tonight, this is your chance to get up and leave. Go ahead. I'll wait. We're good? I saw Molly move. She, I, I, it would be great. I know this guy's taking care of his kid, but it would be great if someone actually had the guts to get up and like walk out and be like, peace, suckers. See you later. I'd have respect. It wouldn't be true, but I'd have respect. Okay, so am I safe then in assuming that everyone here is a little bit of a mess? That everyone here is a sinner? That everyone here needs a savior? We're good? All right, good. This is my type of crowd. All right. Listen to this. Listen to this. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. We don't believe that. We don't. If we did, our lives would look so radically different. You got to think about this. 99 people who have no need of repentance. That's 99 saints. Pick your saints. Pick 99 of them. Take one down. Pass it around. 98 saints left. Right? St. John Paul II, St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. Augustine, St. Monica, St. John, St. Mary Magdalene. Go down the line. If there were 99 of them sitting here, there would be more joy in heaven, more joy, if one person came in the back and ducked into the confessional and in humility brought his or her sins to Jesus. More joy in heaven than over the 99. And there's nothing wrong with the 99. It's great to have saints. But that's how heaven works. That's how heaven sees things. And we don't see things as heaven sees things. This is the message of all the readings. St. Paul, 1 Timothy 1.15. You should remember this one. 1 Timothy 1.15. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's trustworthy and deserves full acceptance, the full acceptance of my heart and your heart, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. First, that he came into the world. You see, our faith, the Christian faith, is not the story of us, climbing the spiritual mountain in a desperate search for the divine. It's rather God who takes the initiative. Christ who comes. He's the one who in full freedom leaps down out of heaven. He comes to us and he comes to save. He comes to save sinners. That's what his name means, by the way. Jesus, Yeshua, God is salvation. Yahweh saves. 
His whole name, everything about him is geared toward him coming to us in our sinfulness. He comes to save, not to condemn. He comes to heal, not to harm. But what does it mean to be saved? It means encountering a love that meets you right where you are in mercy and a love that challenges you to change. I'm fond of this line. I hope you all remember it by the time you graduate, that God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. He loves you right where you are right now, but he loves you too much to let you stay there because his love, which comes to us right as we are, right as I am right now in all my imperfection, in my sinfulness, in my brokenness, in my need for a savior, that love that comes to me is so powerful that it's meant to move me. It's meant to change me. Let me give you a lie and then a truth. Here's the lie. And the lie is a half-truth because that's the most effective lie. Here's the lie. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's love. Half-truth. I don't deserve God's love because I'm a sinner and because in my sinfulness I'm actually unlovable. Hmm. Half-truth. But here's the full truth. I don't deserve God's love. But I have it, nonetheless, that it is given to me in superabundance, a free gift of grace, not just in spite of my unworthiness, but actually because of it. Jesus says, I didn't come to save the righteous, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do. I came to save sinners. See, I don't deserve his love, but I have it because of him. Because his love is not afraid of my mess. It's not afraid of your mess. You don't deserve his love, but you have it in super abundance. God doesn't just give out his love, kind of. If you're a good little boy or little girl, then he'll love you. And if you're not, he won't. But my friends, many of us actually believe that about God. That's not true. Well, when I sin, I don't feel God's love. Yeah, because I'm closing myself to his love. That's the thing. When I choose a different path than his path, when I choose sin, when I turn in on myself, what changes isn't God's love for me, it's my ability to receive that love. And then when I open myself to that love, what changes isn't God's love for me, it's my ability to receive it. I can open and expand and receive more and more and more and believe it and live in it and have my freedom in it. His love doesn't change. I change. You change. We're the ones who change. But not God's love. Not his love.
That's the gospel, my friends. You know, when we come to church, we don't come because we're worthy or deserving. This isn't some place to be seen in our Christian perfection. Pope Francis used a great image early in his pontificate. He said the church is a field hospital. Yeah, it is. A field hospital is not a nice, delicate place. It's not even like our hospitals here in Helena. A field hospital is where people are bleeding out. They're coming off the battlefield with big wounds. That's the church. That's what this is tonight. A place to come, not in our perfection, not in our worthiness, but in our woundedness. That Jesus wants us with him because he's the divine physician. He's the great healer. He's the great savior. Now I know we all have those things that we hate, but we just can't seem to get out of our lives. It's real. We all have those things that we know are wrong that we still prefer. That's real too. But Jesus knows that. And he knows all about us and loves us. And loves us. Not in spite of, but because of our need. That's the gift of the gospel. That's the freedom we have. In Hebrews 4, the author writes, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is like us in all things, save sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. My dear friends, confidently approach the throne of grace tonight because his love comes to you right as you are. Of course we're not worthy. He's the one who makes us worthy. His love comes right where you are tonight. Is that the end of the story? No. It does challenge us. It does challenge us to change. I was thinking back these last three weeks, I don't expect any of you to remember the gospel, even from last Sunday. But three weeks ago, that's like impossible to remember. But three weeks ago, Christ answers someone who says, Lord, will only a few be saved? And he says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. There's a demand placed on us. And then two weeks ago, whoever humbles himself, will be exalted. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Hard teachings for us to accept. And then last week, unless you hate your father, your mother, sister, brother, even your own life, you can't be my disciple. Unless you take up your cross daily and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Those are big demands. They're actually radical demands. And they need to be. Because if discipleship, if following Jesus isn't radical, if it doesn't touch the root of who we are, then it's not worth anything. Then it's just playing games. But this is meant to claim us. But tonight, what a good thing to know that the radical demands of the gospel 
are first met by an even more radical love on God's part for us. That his love goes right to the root of who I am. And that he loves me from that lowest place up. And that he heals me there. That's why we can say yes to him. That's why we can follow him in a radical way is because he has come to find us in the most radical way. He is the shepherd who leaves the 99 to go find the one. He's done it for each of us. He's the crazy lady who tears her whole house apart to find a penny because he loves each of us that way. No, he loves you that way. He is the great searcher. He is the great seeker. And his love never, ever stops. He looks for us relentlessly. And when he finds us, he loves us. And that love saves. My friends, his love saves.